Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. May this be to us the word of the Lord. Hello and welcome to the Electio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for this Eastertide music. So I was texting my friend about a stressful moment at her workplace. She makes uh, the schedules for folks, and had she had this tense conversation with someone who didn't get every part of their schedule request. And uh, they locked horns over it back and forth. I don't know if they ever actually got to resolution, but for her part, afterwards, she realized her deeper need was to know that they shared the teamwork spirit of supporting the restaurant. And that he knew she regularly and always makes accommodations for his social life. She has him in mind sincerely when she creates these schedules. So when he was flustered this time, it was, it was like this entire hidden reality of generosity and camaraderie that she felt within her was being overlooked. Hidden wounds, hidden needs, hidden abundance. These things, when they stay concealed, close off the kinds of futures we all want. Now, if you've gotten into Brene Brown or nonviolent communication, you know, <laughs> you, you see that kind of inner logic, the spoiler there. Um, but these are totally normal experiences. Another story. Uh, I was part of this intentional community for about 10 years, full of just many kind and funny and thoughtful souls. And we had this emphasis on stability as part of communal belonging. One friend um, a number of years ago was wringing her hand about having, you know, wanting to have very clearly stated commitments to a certain kind and duration of stability, a certain, I guess for her, a certain articulation of it. Are you here for the long haul or aren't you? It was assumed that this kind of thing could be clearly and certainly figured out by anyone. So when her steady drumbeat about it continued when people were mulling this stuff over, uh, particularly in the register that she was doing that in, it, it, it upset people in a variety of ways. It felt I don't know, pushy, controlling, anxious, impatient, whatever, you, you name it. Why was she causing such violence for this shared lovely value? I pressed her on it during some years back. She gave loads of religious rationales to justify the value and how she held the value. But I, and I, I like, I agreed. But the deeper thing wasn't revealing itself. Eventually, it did. Uh, the deeper reality, the deeper needs surfaced. I just want to know who will be my friends, who won't leave me. Oh, 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 there, there it is. Christ have mercy, there, there it is. I want belonging, I want to invest. 
I want to know that my labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want love. That's the future I want. Her vulnerability changed everything between me and her. It wiped away so much animosity in me and helped us problem solve much, much better. One more story, same community. We did this church service thing uh, in uh, a living room every week. It never never really worked for me. In fact, it had the opposite effect. So just this tempest of torment in me most of most weeks. Some of it was my own temperament and past experiences of church rhythms, and some of it was you know genuinely ideological and convictional. Uh, I eventually took sabbaticals from Sundays, but leading up to that, there were many long meetings and long emails, long emails. God bless everybody who went through it. Oh my God. I processed my questions and critiques so long-windedly and you know, just had all kinds of like just getting to the root of asking these deep questions that you know, didn't really register with people and because they weren't looking to have their minds changed, they were looking to have their hearts be in touch with mine. And, you know, the thing is, like, some of my opinions, I think, were fair. If I read back on those emails, I'd probably still stand by a lot of my, you know, convictions. But you know what? Nobody understood. Nobody got why I was in such emotional pain. They saw the argument. They sometimes didn't disagree with it, but they didn't understand they're looking to understand my pain. I articulated my pain, not out of how I felt, uh, out of what I valued, out of my own story. Uh, I didn't share my scars of past religious trauma. It was all behind this veneer of frothing dogma and a certain s- sense of desire to, I don't know, have the church change some things about itself. These saints we're leaning into trying to understand, trying to find the inroad for empathy. And you know what it took? It took me simply saying how specific experiences made me feel, what they reminded me of in my own past, and then constructing specific requests about that. I had to pull back my shirt and show my scars, so to speak, to be vulnerable. There it is, vulnerable. And you know, people responded with such grace, such charity, but they needed the vulnerability of my own soul, not a conscious condition, not as, not as a conscious condition. We will only do this if you are vulnerable, um, but because that's how the whole thing works. At the deepest levels of this whole human thing, that's what matters. That's what creates real futures, what unlocks the past from bitterness and agony. Dogma can conceal our humanity from one another. The strengths of our arguments, accomplishments, and eloquence can prevent us from living wholeheartedly with one another's wounds. Gentleness can be lost behind bluster. And that's what today's reading reminds me of. It's one of the opening scenes from this extremely trippy book called The Revelation of John. It presents itself as a series of visions and mystical experiences by this guy John on this island, Patmos. And it's of this uh, genre of literature called apocalyptic that's about the revealing the deeper reality behind life, behind ordinary 
and epic things. And he uses all this mythological language of animals and fire and geographic upheaval and just all kinds of crazy stuff to say this is it, it and it's all a way of code language of saying this is the transcendence animating all things and it, it uses it to critique the false stories of what's really behind the stuff so apocalyptic is this this is is a proposal for this is the story to help you make sense of what's happening and this reading today is the introductory scene, one of the introductory scenes, and it just leans all the way into this vulnerability thing. These celestial, be here's what I mean, these celestial beings are arguing and singing and wailing about, like this is kind of rewinding the tape on this text to read kind of the buildup to with the reading. It's, you know, these celestial beings are arguing and singing and wailing who can make sense of history? Who can reveal the ultimacy behind our immediacy? Who can unfold the scroll and tell us what's real? Who or what can make sense of history or of uh, a Godward people being part of this bigger history? Is it a lion, a beast of tooth and strength, or perhaps an imperial eagle or an ox of hard labor? What is the deep down of all things? And that will give us a future. What the hell is going on? And then, and then, a lamb emerges. Not just a lamb, a slain lamb. And to this lamb is given the authority to, authority to unlock the meaning of the past and the possibilities of the future. God's future. A tomorrow of justice and holy belonging. It's all in the mouth of this slain lamb. And that's the question that looms over so much, isn't it? What will get me the future I long for, my heart's desire? What will make the world right, or at least my world right? What creates, what might create beloved community? What will live out a better story? What beasts walk into the spotlight and claim that for you and your reality? What's ready to pull the sword out of the stone? <laughs> to lift up the hammer and be worthy. Let the reader understand, or listener. You know, we're told that machismo, sex appeal, moral purity, predictable structures, vigorously punished rule breakers, hard work, good appearances. This is how we understand history and participate in it going forward. But instead, says John the Revelator, a lamb, gentle, nonviolent, meek, unaccusing, vulnerable see there's lion power and then there's lamb power there's military might and then there's neighborly care there's empire there's creation there's thingness and there's giftness there's control and then there's belonging there's scarcity and then there's abundance there's protectiveness and then there's vulnerability one of these things is not like the other in each pairing. One of these things in each pairing can unlock history, can make sense of your story, can invite genuine belonging, can open up fresh vistas, intense relationships. 
can overcome your scheduling arguments, your membership anxieties, your worship dogmas, can participate in the renewal of all kinds of all things and create something genuinely fresh in this life. Because way down at its deepest reality is the solidarity of the divine with humanity. All of all of all the way down. The Lamb shows us what is real. But there's one more thing. Who slew the Lamb? <laughs> Who slew the Lamb? Part of the holy mystery of this whole thing is that the way to this future is honesty of what has come before. The beasts that tried to secure their own future with their mythology of a violence that can make things right, of a scapegoat, of an animal whose blood needs to be shed to be able to atone for injustice, they are the ones who killed the lamb, the bearer of true reality. The true future the lamb bears in its flesh the vain and cruel efforts of false futures of the other beasts. Part of participating in lamb reality is being patiently honest about the suffering in this world caused by those chasing after other beasts, other purveyors of history's inner logic and guarantors of the future. We must be honest with ourselves we can be led astray and cause tremendous pain, and the Lamb brings that to us. The only future worth fighting for is one that begins with God's solidarity, with solidarity, with confession, with vulnerability. That's the kind of future the Lamb brings. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you.